Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Caballeros. And welcome back to another edition of Leading Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-host, Emil Carr. What's going on, fellas? How, how's everybody doing? I hope everybody's enjoying this heat wave that we're getting, especially if you're in California. Uh, I know it's a little cool, uh, cooler down over on the East Coast. Lucky Emil Carr, uh, he's able to walk around halfway with his sweater. Us, well, out here, we're practically half naked. I'm literally sitting with just a T-shirt, can't see below my waist. But I'm in my tantarans and all that because i got to stay fresh and cool while we're doing this uh, podcast here on Leave a Ring. Believe me, i got shorts on. What's going on, brother? How's everything going, man? Everything's good. Uh, yeah, Paul's definitely started over here in New York. You know, I was at the beach yesterday. Uh, shout out Orchard Beach in the Bronx. It was a nice day, probably the last, uh, one of the few last days in the 80s. So Paul's here. Uh, school year has actually started, so I'm going to be teaching pretty soon. And, you know, always looking forward to watching boxing and talking boxing. So let's go, Dave. Let's go and do it. There's a lot of stuff here to talk about here on Leave Ring. Don't forget, about, don't forget to subscribe. Hit that bell button. And uh, also make sure you uh, hit the notification bell so you know when we go on live here on Leaving the Ring. You can also ca- catch us on our Facebook Leaving the Ring page. If you haven't joined that, go ahead and do so. So if as well, you can see us on our Facebook page as, you know, while we're on live here on Leave Me. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about, okay? I'll give you the rundown really quick, the topics that we are going to discuss here on the show. Uh, I'm hearing a lot about the zone being very, very unhappy with Eddie Hearn and uh, Golden Boy Promotions. There's a strong, strong possibility that that relationship is crumbling and may be no longer going forward. We'll get into a little bit about that. But also you got on... Fox Sports, you had uh, Jordanis uh, Ugas, who had a pretty much clear-cut win over Abel Ramos. It was a bit of a hiccup. We'll talk about that. We're going to review that, as well as uh, hearing versus Okendo. Uh, there was a lot said about, not just uh, over the air with the commentators like Tim Bradley and Andre Ward, but a lot was said about what happened at the end of the eighth round going into the ninth round on social media. Not a lot of happy folks there, uh, Emil Carr. I'll read off where it happened at. It was in Las Vegas at the MGM um, Center Conference in Las Vegas for the WBO featherweight title, which was in the hands of uh, hearing. Uh, was supposed to, it was scheduled for 12 rounds, but it didn't make it there. I believe it was like the second, third round where you saw a major cut and there was going to be a possibility because after numerous times of Okendo uh, Jonathan Okendo's head ramming into uh, hearing 
he was warned points were taken away, and it, it looked like it was going to go into a DQ. But after the doctor went up there and, and asked him, can you see? And he said, yes, I want to continue. I could keep going forward. They continue on on that match. I'm going to let Emil Carter give his opinion first off. And you guys want to call in 347-215-7598. Give us a call. Tell us what you think about that fight. But Emil Carr, the platform is all yours. Well, I mean... I don't know. It seemed like Tony Weeks was watching Zinedine uh, Zidane uh, headbutt Italian uh, Matarazzi in 2006 at the World Cup. When I think of an intentional <laughs> headbutt, I think of something like that. Um, I actually don't think that those headbutts were were intentional. I saw a fighter that you know tries to get on the inside. He was a shorter fighter. You know, he's trying to get under the reach of uh, mm. Herring and. I don't know. I mean, we've both been watching boxing for a long time. There's guys like Evander Holyfield. There's guys like Sean uh, Porter. There's guys, obviously, like Tim Bradley was calling the card. Boxing has always right. had fighters that try to get up and inside and are kind of roughing you up a little bit. You know, the heads do clash. I don't remember hearing a warning. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe Tony Weeks really gave him a hard warning about headbutting and to kind of say it was a, a, a an intentional headbutt I thought was pretty extreme. Now you know hmm. whether or not you you agree with it being intentional I mean even if you do think it's intentional to have a guy disqualified three rounds after an infraction occurs just seems absurd to me. So if you were going to disqualify you know, the guy it should have been done then and there. I mean why have both guys fight on for three rounds? I agree. I, I, I totally agree with that right there, with that assessment at the end of what you said right now. If you were going to DQ him, it should have happened immediately on that round when the ring doctor was on the apron. Um, you know, I agree with you that Tony Weeks didn't take control. The more complaints that you were hearing from was from, you know, uh, hearing's trainer, Bo Mack, who literally voiced out to Tony Weeks is, hey, you got to tell him about his head. He's leading in with his head. And it's tagging my guy. Even hearing that uh, at some point during in the rounds, he would, you know, uh, sound off to Tony Weeks and tell him, like, hey, his head, his head keeps coming in. You know, there's a lot of things that could have done, been done and changed by Bo Mack and hearing, you know, they could have said, hey, work the jab, try to take control, uh, give him something to, to think about, which they did, which, you know, in, 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 in light that they end up dropping Okendo on, the, uh, on that same round excuse me, uh, off a beautiful uppercut. But it really fell into the hands of Tony Weeks. I mean, I just didn't think he had any control of this. Uh, it was almost, uh, almost like he was in another time zone. And uh, I, I'm with you as well. And I think I'm with a lot of fans. They should have been, the DQ should have happened right there and then. You know, if they felt that this was intentional, why continue on? But, of course, they listened to the fighter because, Hearing wanted to move on and continue fighting. So here's my question, okay? Yeah. And before I move on about this, okay, because they did end on the eighth round, going into the ninth round, you heard Hearing come back and he tell us he told his trainer Bomac, I can't see, okay? But on the scorecards, you had Tim Cheatham have it eighty seventy, Julie Letterman had it seventy nine seventy one, and Patricia Jarman had it eighty seventy. Now they pretty much had it a shutout for hearing and the fight. I think you told me and a few other folks felt 
you know, that I had spoke to to the Levering Gmail is that they felt that Okenda was taking those last two or three rounds. They felt that he was kind of moving in on uh, a hearing and he was closing that distance and it became a little bit rougher towards those end of those rounds. Now, I could play the audio, you know, and, and we could definitely hear what Bomac and Hearing and Weeks had to say, you know, but I thought it was, I thought it was a bad move knowing that there's mics around, that Bomac, being a seasoned trainer, started asking, asking, is it going to go to the scorecards? Because they, you know what, though, I don't, there's no fault for Bomac either, though, McIntyre, because not even the, not even the commissioners themselves knew exactly what was supposed to happen next. Like, everybody seemed confused. I thought that they were supposed to go immediately to the scorecards, but instead they just continue on to DQing him, which I found well, very weird, you know. Right. I mean, that's what the rules say. And I mean, like, I didn't think right. it was intentional. So I personally felt that Herring was winning the fight, but that he was kind of giving up and not giving up, but giving up the, a, a lot of ground uh, in the last two, two rounds. And he was really struggling to, um, you know, use his, use his jab as effectively as he was earlier on. He was kind of seemed like he was, getting a lot more bothered, not just by the cut, but by kind of the, the tough nature of and rugged nature of the fight. But look, if it's an accidental headbutt, they would have gone to the scorecards. And I think that would have been fair. Uh, but if it's a DQ, I just don't see a scenario in which you wait three rounds to DQ someone for, for an infraction. Did you think it was an intentional huh. headbutt? No, I didn't. I just felt, you know what, I mean, like you just mentioned right now, um, yeah, see, I didn't disable it, so we just got uh, Hamed. What's going on, brother? Thanks for joining in. The conversation is about hearing and Okendo. Uh, was it intentional? I don't think so. Um, you know, a fighter style is just, it is what it is, it's how he is. You know, this is pretty much how he was fighting in fight camp, fighting against his sparring partners. Um, you know, this is something that you need to look ahead. Uh, of how he how he fights and stuff. So, I mean, and to, fight to, camp. I, I, so for me, my my for me, Tony Weeks. That's, this is where I go back again and say Tony Weeks kind of lost control of the fight because there was no hard warning to Okendo to even make him think twice about it. it. It was really coming off of team hearing and the fighter himself by pointing out. You know, and sounding off, sounding off to the to the ref about the situation, but you know, Tony kind of waited to the last minute when now was a bit too late, where you saw a big old gash in the eye of hearing, which was a nasty gash uh, as well. I mean, going into the eighth round, and like I said, a lot of folks were saying he was a quitter. Now we're hearing after the doctor, him visiting the hospital, and the doctor, they had a scratch a retina. And he's got a bunch of cuts around his eye. So, I mean, that's pretty telling there. You know what I mean? I mean, it's uh, fighter safety yeah. first, but it left a lot of confusion. Again, it left a lot. I don't, I, I have no, there is no fault to hearing at all. There is no fault. But I think the confusion came in when Bomac started having that conversation with Weeks. And Weeks was like, I can't tell you what to do. Do what you want. Like I said, I can throw up the audio. We can listen to that really quick and you be the judge. I thought that that was bad because Again, Tony Weeks dropped the ball. He should immediately, you know, uh, 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 inform, you know, uh, Bomac, you know, hey, it's, it's either going to be a DQ 
or go through scorecards. I mean, it shouldn't have – I've heard other refs go and tell the corner, hey, I'm stopping the fight. It's, it's, it's going to be on a DQ, and it's going to go to the scorecards. Or, or, or it's gonna be, he's going to be disqualified, or it's going to go to the scorecards. I've heard that. Well, there was, there was that. And then the other thing I think is that, I mean, if you're watching the fight at home and you've watched a lot of boxing, typically what you see is the trainer or the cut man cleaning the cut, trying to stop the blood, and then the doctor, uh, you know, having a look and asking him if he can see with a flashlight or whatever. Or sometimes, you know, they, they'll break up the action during a round and the boxer will go, obviously, to the neutral corner and the rep, and um, the, the doctor will step up onto the ring apron and kind of clean the cut and look at it. Like, none of that happened. It was just he went to the corner, his cut was bleeding, no one tried to, like, clean it up or anything, and he said he couldn't see. I mean, no. I'm sure he couldn't, you know? And it's not easy for fans at home to to know, obviously, the injuries or the extent of them um, from a TV right. step. But um, during that time, it didn't look good. The optics of it weren't good, no pun intended. Well, no, yeah, yeah exactly, you know. I mean, I, again, uh, hearing how to tell the doctor, you got a towel, can you wipe, can somebody wipe off the blood from my eyes so I can see? You know, again, look, look. And I think where a lot of folks started coming in on hearing, like they started bagging on them pretty bad, is because of that, because of that conversation, which made it sound like he did quit. You know, uh, I, again, it was the fighter myself, I believe, that was looking out for himself. We've seen fighters, you know, turn around and say, hey, my eyes busted up, I can't see. Robert Guerrero is a perfect example. You know, when he was telling his quarter, I can't see, you know, but he wanted to continue on. You know, whereas whereas with the hearing, he was trying to inform his trainer, I can't see, but then there was a bunch of confusion that came in. Yeah. I mean, I, oftentimes fighters like Fury or Guerrero, um, if they think they need to continue fighting, um, will do so. In this case, the other aspect of it was Jamal Herring was up so big that it was in his interest to, to end the fight, especially as Okendo was starting to get rough in there or rougher and closing the distance. Now to put, uh, hearing felt a big payday. Let me put it up again so folks could read along with me. Um, hearing felt a big payday versus Frampton slipping away, cast in and cast in his get, a, get out of jail free card three rounds, three rounds later. Um, that's what I'm saying. That's what a lot of folks. So what I'm going to do right now in Mill Car is I'm going to play if the, I'm going to play the audio of, of what we heard and why a lot of people felt that that hearing uh, decided to do to quit. Got it. Yep. Yeah, I'll play it back. We got the uh, playing of the Zapruder film right now. Although I can't see the video where I am, I can only hear it. Well, there you go, you know, and I think that's where the big consu- uh, confusion was, was that he was saying, I can't, I can't see, you know, and uh, Tony Weeks, again, didn't take control of that, man. I, I felt he, he dropped the ball there. Yeah, it wasn't uh, Tony Weeks' best performance, and I'm actually quite a big fan of Tony Weeks 
as a referee. Same here. But, um, everybody has their off days at work. I mean, we've all been there. Um, I'm not going to knock them too bad for it because the, I think the right fighter won the fight. But exactly. I didn't agree with the intentional headbutt, uh, headbutt call. And, um, I mean, this wasn't his fault, but the ABC really needs to take a look at this rule because it really should be changed. I know. I know. And, again, you know, unless you go back into the WBA uh, rulings and you see yourself what it says, Again, this is what this is what is this is the confusion when it comes into all these alphabet suit titles. Is they all have certain, you know, ramifications and, and rulings and stuff. You know that it, it, there is a bit of confusion there. That's why the commission, I believe, were confused in Las Vegas. They were confused of what was going on. That even even Weeks had explained to them, sticking his whole half of his body out of the ring there um, to tell them this is where it goes. It's a DQ. Now. Hearing in his team, yeah, I think the rules better than Bob be upset. I know he I, exactly. You know, and this is this is this is where things get ugly. Is that just like Nato just put out there on the chat room that the, a lot of folks felt like, hey, that that Fraptive fight was slipping away, that title, everything. I need to get out of this because of the head. I don't know what else to do. Don't know how to make the adjustments. Um, whatever the case was, maybe the fight was getting too rough. I'm not sure. You know, so immediately you saw Miguel Cotto send out a tweet basically calling him a quitter and then having Tid Bradley kind of go in pretty hard and, and pretty brutal um, about so hearing about what he saw. Who? I said, so did Andre Ward. I mean, they both did. Yeah, so did Andre Ward. Yep, they, they, they both did. You know, and, uh, and, you know, I think that every fighter has a different situation. You know, where, where Bradley's talking about his, his uh, near-death fight with Pavoklov, you know, it's, it's, it, look, everybody's different. I mean, you didn't have a, like, your eye wasn't blasted open, you know, and, it, and, and then going to the doctor and with us finding out these injuries, I, I kind of believe him. He couldn't see, you know what I'm saying? If you got a scratch in your retina, I mean, that shit hurts, you know? You're, you're like, blinking, and you, it's hard to focus, so... I don't know. Do do we label him a quitter? I mean, Angulo got thumbed in the eye, and he quit, and everybody gave him a pass. Why why is this kid not getting that pass of allowing him to say, I can't see, you know, and I'd rather it go to the scorecards or it is if it is a DQ because it's not his call. And as you can see, they didn't even know what the ruling was going to happen if it was going to go to the scorecards or was it going to go to DQ. To me, it looks shitty because. They, it, it should have been a DQ when it happened, and it should have went to the scorecards, you know, after they, if they allowed it to continue on. It should have went to those scorecards. It shouldn't have went to a DQ. That, to me, was that, just, it didn't make any sense. That's the rule change that needs to happen. For me, the biggest deal was not whether he quit or not, but just, the, like, the, the rules and how confusing they are. I mean, we kind of got to get past the quitting thing, I think, in boxing. I remember back when Vitaly retired on his stool um, against uh, Chris Bird. Right. It's like a big deal. They're calling in the question is hard and calling him a quitter. You know, was he supposed to fight on there and potentially end his, the rest of his career because fans think that he's weak and he's soft and he's a quitter? I mean, Giannis yeah. went out at the game yesterday the, when the Bucks were playing Miami. I mean, how many times did we watch other sports where guys have to retire because 
you know, you don't want to play on a bad hamstring or on a bad ankle or who knows. I mean, especially if you're cut, I mean, it could open up. It could get worse. Think about Tyson Fury. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't really fault fighters uh, in that in that respect, especially when there's a legit injury. Um, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. I mean, did you see the Fox Sports card or, or, or are we going to discuss that later? Uh, we're going to discuss that next. I just want to add to what we're talking okay. about here because I do see a lot of folks saying, uh, you know, bringing up mentions of other, other fighters that went through the fire of an injury. Uh, for instance, uh, Vitaly Kalisko when he fought Lennox Lewis, uh, how big of a gash and, uh, over his eye. Uh, but, guys, here's the thing. I go back again. Every injury is different. You know, every injury is different. For hearing to go and say, I can't see, it was, it was legitimate, you know, coming back from the doctors. And let me point this out, because some people are going to think, like, oh, you're probably a hearing fan. I'm not. I actually did not think the fight was very good. I, I, I'm not a big fan of hearing. I'm, I'm not one of those guys that are going to run to see him. The only reason I was interested in this fight, because it was, you know, three times the charm with the guy because of the COVID-19, you know, and I was like, let's get past this fight already, because... This, this was not a fight, really, that I was looking forward to. Didn't really care about the fight. Um, I'm actually more interested in seeing him get in there with Frampton, who Frampton, to me, is kind of off to the better days of his uh, career. But, you know, again, not a huge fan of his style. I kind of find him a bit boring. But to, to kind of label him a quitter or to say, oh, but, you know, uh, uh, you know Vitaly Kalisko did this or so-and-so did this and they went through it, every injury is different. Every injury is different. So when I hear back that this kid had a scratch retina, dude, that's completely different. Again, it's a different injury. So you're going to get a different reaction. Your body's going to react to it completely different. So if he's, you know, in there and he's knowing, he knows his own body, and he's like, I can't do this. Um, if you're going to give other fighters a pass, then you have to give all of them a pass, especially when it's their body. It's their life. They need that, right? I mean, I can't argue with you if you guys sit there and you say, hey, dude, he was looking to bail out because he's looking at the money with Frampton, Carl Frampton. You know, I couldn't argue with that because we don't know. But at the same time, I'm like, every injury is different. We all react to them different. We can't expect everybody to react the way Vitaly Kalisko did against Lennox Lewis. Different injury. Yes, what is it on the eye? Yes, with his eye all cut up and everything. But at the same time, you know, Kalisko was able to probably, I mean, you know, proceed on because he said, I could see. We're hearing it was a different situation. That's my last but piece do about we, Yeah, and my last piece is, do we really want to see Jamal Herring, whether you're a fan of his or not, you know, 10 years from now having the kind of eyesight that LeBron, Lamont Brewster has out of one of his eyes? I mean, we shouldn't expect right. that these guys maim themselves permanently in the ring. Um, for what? Yeah, I mean, look, look, David Reed who was the American dream, the original American dream, an Olympian, phenomenal 154-pounder uh, fighter, junior middleweight, had, a, had a, you know, a looping eyelid that hinged him to see completely out of that eye, and it cost him in, in, in the fight with Tito Trinidad. A lot of folks thought that, that that eye cost a lot of his eye vision to go up against Tito, which, you know, I think it's partial. I think a lot had to do with, with Tito Trinidad, right? You know, but I mean, that was always lingering over his head. It was always the question, is his eye 
going to allow him to see all the scenery that was in front of him. You know, we're hearing the same thing. Does he want to continue on where he could possibly end up losing that eye or having some type of defect there where it's going to, you know, affect the rest of his career? Now, he's even mentioning now that Frapton the fight may be the last fight for him and he'll retire out because he wants to spend with his family. I don't know. You guys be the judge of it. Uh, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of his style, but I am, you know, compassionate to him saying I couldn't see and this is the reason why I decided to not continue on and go forth into the ninth round. Yeah. Again, you guys want to call in 347-215-7598. Tell me what you guys think of uh, Herring's uh, decision not to continue on to the ninth round. Was Okendo doing the head butt intentionally? Uh, but right now we're going to roll into uh, on the same Sunday card there. Uh, we had a... Man, Sunday was pretty good. I mean, they weren't like phenomenal fights, but there were at least good fights there that happened that kept me pretty busy. I don't know about you, McCarr. It kept me pretty busy. I was watching everything. Uh, but we had on, on uh, for the vacant regular welterweight title <laughs> at the Michael uh, Soft uh, Theater in L.A., Los Angeles, you had uh, uh, Jordis uh, Ugas versus Abel Ramos. Uh, you know, scorecard was 117-11 for Ramos, which was really, really Weird again. I think the uh, judge on that uh, that part there had the had the COVID uh, mask over his eyes, not over his mouth. But then it was uh, one fifteen, one thirteen, straight across for the two other judges. Let me ask you, man, uh, Ugas impressed or typical Ugas performance? I would classify it as a B level Ugas performance. Um, I think that he would have turned up more if it was you know, a Sean Porter in front of him. Um, he did what he had to do. I thought he dominated the fight. I thought that scorecard was ridiculous. He should have won by unanimous decision. Personally, I would have liked to see him um, get the knockout uh, and kind of make a big statement because, you know, right. there, are, there are a lot of fighters at, at 147, and if he wants to get a high-profile fight against, a Sean Porter again, or against the narrow Spence, or against the Manny Pacquiao, or anyone else that's in his stable, or even people that aren't in his stable, I, I, he really, I believe, needed kind of a, a star-making performance. Something spectacular needed to happen yesterday. As a boxing fan, you know, I thought he did great, but um, you know, I, I felt he definitely could have done more had he perhaps been more motivated for this fight. What about you? I thought it was an Ugas performance, just like you. I think he fights, he, he rises to the occasion on whatever opponent's in front of him. Um, Sanchez, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm over here looking at some now. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Abel Ramos, I mean, look, he just didn't let his hands go. You know, what he had in front of him was a much bigger welterweight. I thought I was watching a, a lightweight against a welterweight. How big Ugas was against Abel Ramos, man, it was evident. I mean, it was, he looked massive. The jab, Ugas' jab is really good. It's hard to get past that, you know. The thing is that Ramos needed to dig deep and kind of go for it. You know, throw whatever he had in his plan and just go in for the mix. Um, go for broke, but he never did that, you know. He did catch a beautiful left hook on, on Ugas coming in on the 12th and final round. At Last, the end of the fight. Uh, you know, second on there. Right, at the end of the fight. But you know what? Um, and that was because Ugas got a bit of grass 
aggressive, you know, thinking that I'm going to give it, give it the last 10 seconds of the, of the round and, and see what I could do. But he got clipped. He got caught, got hurt, stumbled, uh, you know, head first uh, towards uh, Ramos. But you know what? Ramos should have been doing that a lot earlier. He should have took that risk. You know, it was a little too, too late for that, you know, so he ended up with the loss. But that scorecard was just like, what the fuck were you watching? You know what I mean? Like, what's going on there? Yeah, I I agree. And, you know, Ramos, to win this fight, I feel really needed to go for for a knockout. Uh, he's not going to beat Ugas in a, in a boxing match. I mean, Ugas has been a, a professional boxer, at least a boxer, for most of his life. And he started boxing as a kid in Cuba. He's a world amateur champion. He went to the Olympics. Uh, he's seen it all. And like all Cubans, he's got great footwork. Um he also knows how to pivot real well, uh, you know, box off, off angles. Uh, as you said, his, his jab is, is elite. And he's got power. And he's a great body puncher, too. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, he is. Ramos just really was not going to win this fight by, by just boxing. He, he really would have had to kind of rough, try to rough Ugas up and go for it and risk getting knocked out. And he didn't do that. And for 12 rounds, Ugas was content just taming him from the outside and um, also kind of roughing him up a lot, too, uh, wh- whenever they did kind of get in, get inside. And not just with clinches, but actually with good body work and, and you know, fighting until the end of the bell. I, I'm sure you noticed that as well. They fought, he fought always to the end of the bell, kind of less so, I guess, in the 12th round. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, he just doesn't have that, that, right. I mean, who just doesn't have that killer instinct at all. I mean, he, you know, he's a guy that's kind of, and it's just, it's most Cuban fighters. They're, they're very content with just getting that win and, and moving forward, you know. Um, and that's just something that boxing fans don't want to watch. I mean, you got to give us a reason why Porter should fight you again. Why, you know, I mean, why, why would the, the, the fans rally behind you to go up against the Thurmans and the Garcias and the Spence and the, you know, Crawfords of the world, you know, you got to give something, you got to give something there that gives us, you know, you know, that wants to, wants us to pick up some pom-poms here for you. And I, I just don't get that with him, unfortunately, you know, because he's so much better than them. You know, Abel, Abel Ramos was, was hesitant. He had a guy that was very hesitant to, to do anything. You know, he was there in the fight, he has two arms and he would throw, but you could see that he was always a step behind him, and Ugas a jab controlled it. That at any time, if he decided to open up with a three, four punch combination, he probably probably could have changed it up a bit. You know, he could have probably had Ramos start backpedaling and you know now looking to survive rounds rather than trying to be in the fight. Ugas has got to do something, in my opinion, because right now I just don't see him, you know, um, getting any of these big fights until all these guys are done and over, put, you know, uh, 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 doing a ring robbing with each other, and then Ugas is just the out, the guy on the outside window shopping. Yeah, I mean, also he obviously doesn't have a big fan base being a, a, a black Cuban, and, you know, back in the day it was actually Bob Arum that mentioned that, you know. The affluent Cuban community here is in the United States is mostly white, pretty much all white and based in Miami. And they don't really give a damn about a black boxers um, that, that, that came here to, to earn a living as boxers. It's, 
he doesn't have a built-in fan base. He's got to, you know, and it's unfortunate that boxing is so often marketed along ethnic lines, but he's got to bring um, the boxing fans, you just said, David, kind of on his side through, like, exciting performances. We know he's a good boxer. We've seen that. But he's getting up there in age now, and he's got to put in a kind of a star-making performance before he he leaves the sport because he really doesn't have that much time left. <laughs> G-Funk, Ugas is on the outside looking in, looking in like the song. Uh, yep, he sure is, man. You know, uh, where does yeah. he go from here? I mean, what is he going to do? What is he campaign now? I mean, let me ask you this. I mean, that performance right now with Ramos, guys in the chat room, does it look like it does it look like you guys are all going to be pressing forward to see him get in there with one I I mean we want to see him get in there with somebody better you know we do want to see him do that but I guess we got to sit back and wait for the Fox Sports uh, numbers to see whether or not audience will you know gravitate towards him and stuff you know um again um he's got to make something happen you know Casa Mayor Joel Casamayor, to me, was a guy that came out like that, you know, was a boxer. But eventually, when he wanted these bigger fights and he saw that, you know, he just wasn't getting them because people were telling him he was boring, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, he went after him. The difference with, with, with uh, um, Rigendahl and, and Ugas is that though folks have labeled uh, Rigendahl boring, he normally knocks out guys. He really does. He drops them, he hurts them, and he knocks them out. He's got elite power, and he was a 118-pounder fighting at 122 and 126 and even 130 when he fought Lomachenko. Like, he was fighting above his weight. His natural weight has always been 118 pounds, and you know that now because even at the age of 38, he's making 118. So imagine if he was making 118 seven years ago, right? But the big money, unfortunately, at that time, this was before – you know, the emergence of, of the monster in a way. And um, back when even 118 guys like Donate were fighting at, at featherweight, the money just wasn't there at the time at 118. Yep. You know, and I saw some folks, and even on the Leaving the Ring Gmail, hit me up thinking, uh, okay, Ugas doesn't get any of the welterweights right now in the Ring Robin circle. Where does he go from there? Uh, what do I think about... Eris Landi Laura uh, against uh, Ugas. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think uh, Laura cares for that. I mean, his eye is on for the winners uh, that are happening later on this month. So, I mean, Ugas right now is, is really kind of being put on hold by PBC because he's kind of the – he's going to be one of those guys they hold in the back pocket because he is that good. You know, so, you know, Al, Al, Al Heyman and BBC are obviously giving him the exposure for us to know who he is, you know, while he's allowing the other welterweights, and some of them in all reality, they're on their way out because they've been in the game for so long that Ugas can replace them and be part of that, you know, ring robin of, of these guys where they're going to finally fight Ugas. But right now, um, to me, it's pretty much just a sitting waiting game for Ugas and I understand why Abel Ramos was in there. It's to keep him busy and to keep uh, keep reminding us that he's still there and possibly still one of the best uh, welterweights out there, one of the most dangerous ones. But like you said, Amilcar, and I think a lot of folks believe this, is that Ugas fights 
uh, uh, you know, he really kind of fights up to the level of his opponent. Yeah. I think a good fight for him might be the loser of the Sean Porter, uh, sorry, not Sean Porter, the Errol Spence, Danny Garcia fight. Uh, Because that fighter's going to need an opponent. And for what it's worth, Ugas has this secondary title in his also in their stable. So if I was Ugas, I would target, obviously he'd want to fight the winner, but I don't really see that happening. I'd target the loser of that fight and kind of jump up the ranking within kind of the PBC welterweight universe. Exactly. And Outlaw, what's going on, Outlaw? What's going on, Hamed, G-Funk? Who else we got in here in the chat room? I don't know, we had somebody in here saying that I was breaking guidelines. I don't know what the hell that guy was talking about. Uh, Drake something. He was asking if we are, yeah, he said, yeah, you're breaking content, labeling, community guidelines. What the, what? What did I do? I've been doing the same shit every week here. Uh, just chatting or VR chat stream? Probably referring to you uh, analyzing the video, but you're allowed to do that. Um, you're allowed to analyze videos. You know, one of my yeah, favorite YouTube. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite YouTube channels is Secular Talk with Kyle Kalinsky, and all he does is literally analyze videos and comment on them. So whoever that we is, didn't show the fight. Look. Yeah. No, you need to yeah, learn. We didn't show the fight or anything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, how bad? Yeah, I'm getting annoyed at the welterweight division. They're going to probably fight Spence next year if he beats Garcia. Uh, we need Spence versus Crawford. Yeah, we definitely do. You know, I don't think Crawford and Spence are going to happen until probably the end. I mean, if it does, I probably would say their negotiations won't go until the end of the t- 2021. I know you don't want to hear that and then possibly get it in the beginning of 2022. It's a long way, but I think that that's, that's where we're going to see it, you know, hope. I'm hoping, not 10 years yeah, I've got to I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Virgil Ortiz, Terrence Crawford. Right. Who's Virgil Ortiz going to be fighting next? I don't know, but I, I'd like to see him against Terrence Crawford. I've all, every time well, I Virgil see Virgil Ortiz, keeps looking the way he does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, look, I think this, um, they're going to have to do, which we're going to get into the zone uh, and, and, and not being happy with Eddie Hearn and Golden Boy promotions. Uh, where are they going to leave everything at? What are our thoughts about it? What are our prediction about it? Um, it could be a strong possibility that we're going to see Ortiz and Crawford a much sooner than later of seeing Spence and, and Crawford. Um, again, you guys want to call yeah. in? Excuse me. You guys want to call in? Three four seven two one five seven five nine eight. Let's talk boxing here on Leaving the Ring. Let's move on. Let's talk about Dezoe and Canelo and Eddie Hearn Matchroom and Golden Boy Promotions with Oscar De La Hoya. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen the news. I'm pretty sure you guys have seen the that you know the uh, zone's not clearing anything for Canelo to move forward to fight. You know, uh, B.J. Saunders, you know, or Camille, uh, uh, Callum Smith, um, Callum Smith, I'm sorry, Callum Smith, or any of these guys at the moment. You know, I think they're still banking on that Gennady Golovkin fight here, Emil Carr. I think that they are very, very disappointed because they were probably sold that they were going to get the trilogy if signing Canelo to a major deal and to Gennady Golovkin to a big deal. And it hasn't happened. 
And, you know, it's been pushed back. Canelo's looking to fight somebody else for a title at 168. Then he talked about fighting Gennady Golovkin after that. But everybody they brought forth for Canelo to sign on the fight, DeZone has said no to it. What I've been told and what I've been hearing is DeZone is not very happy with Eddie Hearn or Golden Boy. Preferably because the reason, like I've been saying here on the show for the past month, is that Eddie Hearn started acting like a frat boy and started, you know, actually, actually started acting like a brat, daddy's little boy, by showing all the money in the bag. He let all the tricks out of the bag. And why would he do that? And left his own very vulnerable and left his own at a position where now he's got, they either got to put up or shut up. I don't think the Zone Network like that very much. My, predict, my prediction here, guys, is that I don't think we're going to see a DAZN USA next year. I think they want to get out of the USA business. And they're probably, probably going to get out of the Eddie Hearn business for, for a little bit, you know, and just move on and stay where they're at at the moment. Emil Carr, what, what are your thoughts, bro? What do you think about this whole situation between the Zone, Golden Boy, and Eddie Hearn? Well, you know, I, I never really thought initially that it made a whole lot of sense to enter boxing in the U.S. market with a promoter from England. I mean, Eddie Hearn is a great promoter. I consider him the best in the business. I mean, I actually like hearing him speak. He's entertaining. Um, he's, he's funny. And I think he does a really good job in, in the U.K. The problem is he didn't have a stable of fighters in the U.S. And the strategy of overpaying people for fights um, to bring people to the zone clearly didn't work because what ended up happening when they paid, you know, um, uh, Danny. Mind, yes, thank you. My mind went blank for a second. Uh, when they, by paying Danny uh, so much money to, to fight Canelo, they they really skewed the market, and now every fighter thought that they would be able to demand that to move or, move over to the zone. So as a business strategy, that just didn't work. Uh, I know they wanted to disrupt the market and kind of outpay their competitors. It failed. I think the the real thing that they should have done initially was sign, right. sign, sign. If they wanted to go with De La Hoya and Hearn, that's fine. But what they should have done was encourage cross-promotional fights. You know, bring over the guys from, from Matchroom UK and have them fight Golden Boy Fighters and take the fighters from Golden Boy here in the United States and match them up in England with uh, guys from Matchroom UK. And if you, you know, end up signing anyone along the way because you're doing such a great job with your promotion and with, with your television uh, shows, I mean, that would have worked. But, you know, the, the market disruption that, that they attempted failed miserably. It failed. You know what? And like I said, I've been rooting for the zone. I've been wanting it to happen um, because, you know, more boxing is better than no boxing, right? And I don't think there's no question that Eddie Hearn is not a good promoter. And even Golden Boy, like I said, I, I've actually liked the way Golden Boy has grown um, and how they've done their business, uh, how they're building their fighters, uh, how Eddie Hearn has built the, the, his fights. The, the thing was, the major mistake, and I hope you learned from this, is you don't show all your cards, man, in poker. <laughs> you just don't do it. This is no 101. You got to have something back. You got to hold back, you know. I, I understand that it, it was one of those, you know, uh, uh, 
you know, look, look, Al Heyman, I got a better deal, you know, uh, than you, and I can, you know, probably steal all your fighters away, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the people that didn't sign with Al Heyman, you know, they got excited. Hey, woo, you know what? I can get big money like what I'm hearing over there on the greener side of the fence in the PBC universe. Get me paid over here in the DAZN universe, you know? So, yeah, I mean, uh, you guys want to call in? You can right now. I mean, it's uh, 347-215-7598. Go ahead, Emilcar. I was just going to ask, I mean, who do you think was his biggest signing in the U.S.? I, I, was it Tev, Tevin Farmer? I mean, I, I really don't know. Look at what happened with, with all of the money they put into Jarrell Big Baby Miller. How did that go? I mean, I who was their big signing in the United States? Yeah, that's a good I mean, question. Who is the you know, big I'm signing? Sorry. I mean, Golden Boy. Yeah. Is, well, you know, signing on Golden Boy is their big signing. They had they got all of Golden Boy's fighters to come. You know, the whole roster came to the zone. So that was by far. I mean, as a as a group, that was their best signing. But individual oh, I, fighter, I meant I don't know. I meant Eddie Hearn. I meant Eddie Hearn. Who is Eddie's big no, sign? That's what I'm but you know, it is he, Eddie he Hearn's the one that, that reached out to Golden Boy. That's what I'm saying. Eddie Hearn did reach out to Golden Boy and Canelo, you know, uh, originally probably Golden Boy, and they did this negotiation, and Golden Boy was able to slip in their roster of fighters and saying, hey, you know what, uh, we like to come out that way as well. So, yeah, I mean, but I agree with you. Who is the biggest fighter or – known fighter out of the U.S. that Eddie Hearn and his own signed on. I, I, that's a good question. What are they doing with Andrade? I mean, I just don't know. Difficult Is he that big, understand. though? Not a lot of people know Andrade. Yeah. There you go. Outlaw, Outlaw just said, Danny Jacob is the biggest signing from the U.S. I agree. That is actually a, a very recognizable name. You know, is he? I mean, I I respect him as a, as a fighter, but he's far from being a star. Hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, Daniel but Jacob. Not, me, but, to be, but to be fair, though, Mokar, to be fair, there's not a lot of stars right now in boxing. There really isn't. Right. You right. So then he's got Yeah. So then he shouldn't have made yeah. such a such. Hockey and arrogance splash into the U.S. U.S. market, right? You know, just saying. It's my opinion. And I, and just as I said, I like. Uh huh. Go ahead. I was just saying I like Go that. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, you're good. Dave. No, I like Sorry. Eddie too. I like I no, like Eddie too. You know. Yeah, I just think it was a bit foolish of what he did. Um, and I think he should, you know, he learned the hard way, you know. And uh, I think that the zone, if they don't repair this, they don't figure out how to repair this with the zone. I don't think we're going to see the zone USA much longer, especially because the zone USA right now. I mean, Jesus, dude, they're not even respecting USA fans. They don't even respond back to us. I mean, I was just about you know? to say you say longer. I, I don't even remember the last time I actually saw the Zone USA and cared about it. Exactly. Exactly. Let's patch in With some fight the- fans here on the ring. 
347-215-9898. Let's talk boxing. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and hit the notification bell so you know when we go on live. Let's go with area code. Let's go area code 209. You're on live right now on Leaving Ring. What's on your mind, brother? <laughs> Hello? Hello? What's Are you up? guys there? Yeah, we're here, brother. On, how are you guys doing on this Labor Day? Pretty good. Good, how about bro. You? I'm burning up. I'm oh, burning God, up. Man. I'm pretty sure you are. Oh, you're the 209 right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm over here stalking, man. It's, it's fucking hot over here. I'm mean, excuse my language, but it's hot, man. <laughs> you know, it's 180 degrees uh, outside, and it's 90 degrees inside with the air conditioner on. So I'm outside barbecuing, having some beers. Um, well, I, it's, it's been a while since, since I listened to you guys. Uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit late, so I might, uh, I might not, uh, uh, uh-huh. I might, you know, we might go over some stuff that you guys already talked about. Well, well, the only fights I already watched was a, was a, uh, it was a herring fight this weekend. Um, what do you think? Well, the opponent made made an ugly fight. I mean, it was ugly. He, uh, it was an ugly fight, but 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 I thought Jamal Herring did good. Um, as for the headbutt, uh, that was what multiple headbutts, if I remember during the fight. Um, right. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, he, he did good. I mean, he, he, uh, caught with that great uppercut, you know, backed up, sh- shot the uppercut, but that guy just, just made it an ugly fight. And when I mean ugly, he just like crowded him, just, just, I mean, didn't have any space in between them and, and used his head as weapon too, you know? So, you know, it, it, it is what it is. You know, um, I'm, I'm just looking forward to, uh, Henry's next fight. Um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 go ahead. I have, I'm, a, I'm actually not. I might be one of the few people that's actually not really looking forward to to Frampton Herring fight. I, you know, Fred, Frampton, you know, hmm, was great. Why that? At, I mean, he was great at 122 and 126. I just see Herring being able to just box defensively behind the long jab and kind of. I just see it as potentially being a stinker. Um, but the fight I would much rather see, to be honest, would be a JoJo Diaz herring fight. I think I think JoJo Ooh. Diaz has the size and, and 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 the power to really trouble herring. That would excite me, or even a Miguel Burchell. I, I I'm just not as excited about about Frampton as much as they're trying to sell it. What about you? They're going after, but they're going after an aging warrior that's on their way out, and they want to help him push him off the cliff. That's what they're doing. You know, because if that fight generates, I mean, let's be honest, if that fight generates a massive uh, audience and it does great on ratings, it, it's only going to help them on the negotiating table to go after Barchette or uh, Jojo Diaz, you know. Um, I think that's their, their, their thinking, and they, rightfully so. They should think that way. That would be an awesome business move. You know, you know, it's funny that you guys bring up her chat. Uh, is he supposed to be fighting uh, Oscar Valdez next? Yeah, I mean, the oh, last man. Um, yeah. Was, yeah, was yeah, that's what I'm that? looking forward to right there. <coughs> yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. And, yeah, and, and you know you know what? The, the reason I say Herring and I, and, and I look forward to a lot of the top-ranked cards is, is because, you know, I'm paying for this app that I want to really utilize. So I, I I want all these fights to be on the app, <laughs> you know. I, you and me both. I, I really want to get my money's worth. You know, speaking about that, I know this might be old news, yeah. but the zone, the zone and Golden Boy, 
uh, uh, the main reason why I signed up for the zone was once check it out, and number two, because of Danny Roman. Now, yeah. uh, Danny Roman fought. Basketball is no longer on there, but the reason why I kept it was because of the Golden Boy roster was on the zone. Uh, I'm really right. not into the I'm really not into the Eddie Hearn uh, uh, roster, especially the ones from uh, from uh, uh, from the run overseas. You know, I, I want to see the American fighters. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that. You know, that's just that's just my preference. Um, Racist. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, no I mean, I, I'm kidding, brother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just I want to see the American oh. fighters, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, but, but now, saying. now that the zone and Golden Boy, you know, I, I don't really know what's going on. What have you guys heard? Well, first of all, well, if they well, if they close up shop, I'm going to be super pissed because. Dave and me, we both paid a hundred dollars for this, and we did it to to, to watch the Dillian White uh, Pavekin fight. And honestly, if it wasn't for the UK right now, I'd literally have no reason to to watch the zone. Right. Well, I I also too paid a hundred dollars, but I paid it for the Virgil Ortiz Jr. fight. You know, and mm-hmm. and, and in return, you know, I also get the uh, Dillian White and, and Pavekin, which I did watch. Uh, I didn't watch the entire card, but I just watched that one fight. Um, so, needless to say, you know, we're, we all bought into it. You know, we're, you know, for whatever reason, not or another, I, I just want to see it utilized. I want to see fights every weekend like it was pre-pandemic, you know. Pre-pandemic, man, they, they had a good thing going. <laughs> you know, they I, did. I was a proud subscriber. Yeah, I was a proud subscriber. I was like, yeah, every other weekend, boom, fights were on, you know. But here's, but here's, now, the, here's the thing. Look, the game changed, and, and, and like, Top Rank and PBC and them, I mean, look, they're all in trouble. Let's be honest. All of them are in trouble right now because there's no gate, okay? They're not getting any gate money. So a lot of the money that normally would be put into the pot for these fighters, it's not there. So they got to be, you know, you're seeing promoters and networks starting to be creative. The zone in them never decided to get creative. They just went on a complete shutdown. They, like, basically laid everybody off and said, well, until we figure something out, well, until somebody figures something out, outside of the company, then we'll come back. You know, and it, it really... I mean, to me, they did it to themselves. And for, to, for me, hearing right now that DeZone is not happy with, with Hearn, and, and, and especially with Eddie Hearn, it's because they gave him the check. He was supposed to be uh-huh. the front guy. He was supposed to be Dana White to UFC. That's what he was supposed to be, and he didn't do it. He didn't, he didn't become creative. He didn't come up with great ideas. You know, um, he, he didn't move forward. So it left us what a what a blank you know a, a blank statement which is what is happening with the zone i mean I, right now like i said i think that the zone is going to fall out of the usa business and just continue on in the uk and rightfully so i think that their experience right now with eddie hearn it hasn't been good and it's not very well not rightfully so i just paid a hundred dollars last month <laughs> I, I just say that I feel you. No, I, I feel you. I feel you, man. I, mean, I want my money's worth. I, I, I agree with no. you. I want my money's worth, too. Uh, uh, if this was like a month to month. We got cheated out, man. We got cheated you out. Know, 
maybe that's what I should have done. I should have just paid that month. But but you know what? I figured, hey, you know, I want to support these guys, so so that way, you know, you know, that way I can continue to watch these shows. I mean, what better way to support these fighters than you know by supporting the platforms that they're on, so that way they can continue to be on. And so I'm right. like, okay, I want to watch the Golden Boy Fighters. I want to watch the Golden Boy roster. I mean, I like watching their prospects. I feel like they have a good set of prospects. But uh, I mean. I, to me, the zone doesn't really have anything else to watch. You know, I'm I'm really not into darts. I'm not into cricket, and whatever else they have. You know, <laughs> you know, I want to watch, you know, the the Golden Boy roster. You know, that's why I paid them for. You know, oh oh well. Well, unfortunately, man. Yep. I mean, we're just gonna have to uh, wait it out. <laughs> wait it out. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, something turns around. Like I said, there's still a glimpse of light and hope and stuff. Is that they got to do something, um, and, and, and something drastic. They got to, like I said, it's like every everybody's going through this in this pandemic, pre-pandemic yeah. now. Um, every every business has kind of become creative, and to stay in surviving this, the zone and Eddie Hearn, they got to figure something out, you know. But again, brother, thanks uh-huh. for calling in. I gotta let you go. We got a lot of calls on the line right now, man. I appreciate yeah, it. I hope yeah, you call yeah. back in next week. Yeah, yeah, amigo, I'm, I'm right, gonna brother. stay on the line and just listen to you guys, okay? Okay, sounds, sounds good, great, man. I'll put you on hold. All right, later, man. All right, bye. Again, you guys want to call in 347215, The Zone, De La Hoya, and uh, Eddie Hearn. Let's talk about it here. Let's patch in a uh, good friend of the show, Ahmed. He's been on hold right now. We know he's late over there in the UK. Ahmed, what's going on, brother? What's on your mind? Yeah, hello, Dave. How's it going, guys? We're good. Great, bro. Uh, so yeah, I know you wanted to weigh I, in I, about I, this, this own thing. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't got too much to talk about the fights because uh, I didn't watch the Ugas fight. And I saw bits of the Heron fight. It, it wasn't a fight uh, I even remembered about until the day of the uh, fight. I think Top Rank tweeted. So I, I caught bits of it. I just think it's bad. <laughs> Same here, man. It was bad. It's bad officiating. Uh, I, I kind of disagree with the Milka. I, I don't mind the Frampton fight because I know Frampton's a bit old, but I would like to see Frampton fight a couple more guys before he retires. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Frampton and Warrington fight again. I thought the first fight was good. Uh, with Herring, I don't know. I think he's overachieved. Uh, I know he's a Marine and all that, but I think he's thinking about retiring. That was a bad... Uh, Injury. I think Steve Kim said something like, I, I don't know why people are calling him a coward. I think he also quit. I, I think you can call people quitters. I personally think it's a bit harsh like to call a guy a coward like that. If, if a guy's in the ring, they, they put their life on the line. And I personally even think calling someone a quitter without knowing the ramifications of the injury, I think that's a bit over the right. top. Now that we know he might have a serious, serious eye injury, I, I, I would not be calling a guy like that a quitter. Like, I've seen some people throw it about, but even like Hal Brook quit, uh, or as you said, give up, uh, some people say, against Spence. Uh, I didn't hold it too much against him, because I thought the fight was beaten out of him, and he, or, he already got almost his face ruined by, well, he did in a way, one half of him by Golovkin, and he almost got his career ruined, and then the second fight, I think that could have got him permanently injured if he just fought on. So I, I got no problem if a guy just quits or gives up, because to me, that's like in a way tapping out. And if the fight's being beaten out to you, I got no problem. I think the bad thing is when someone quits, like uh, 
when they completely give up, I, I, like the when Rigo did that against Lomachenko, even though I think it was a one-sided fight, that's what I don't like. And I think there's another guy called Brandon Gonzalez, or I can't remember his name, against Ricky Burns, who was winning. I, I don't like that. When a guy just gives up mentally, like, if that's the thing, then you should not be stepping in the ring. Like uh, That's all I want to say about that fight, but... What about the, what about the guy that, that what about the heavyweight that was that stepped into the ring against the Nigerian uh, hitter and, and then walked out? Now, now that's a quitter. That's that's a quitter, man. That's okay, way, that's way uh, too, yeah, that, that's too bad. Yeah, that was funny, but that's that's, that's like crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't know about that's pre predetermined. Like I don't know if they had some sort of disagreement with their contract or something. I've never seen that, but yeah. Stuff like that, yeah, that's crazy. Um, I don't think we'll probably see that again, like uh, in boxing for a while. Cause that was like a runoff occasion. But I want to talk about the Dizone deal. Uh, like you guys were talking about Eddie Hearn signings. Uh, I personally don't think Eddie Hearn has signed anyone apart from Danny Jacobs. That kind of was a like uh, involved in a big fight in America with Dizone. Like people will say he signed guys like Andrade. Uh, I know Billy Joson and Andrade were meant to fight, which would have been a decent fight, and the Dark got pulled off. But he hasn't really, the guys he signed as well, they haven't really fought each other. Like, you got guys like Callum Smith and Billy Joe Saunders and Andrade. None of those guys have fought. You got Jacobs, the only guy he's matched, been matched up against is Canelo. I, I personally don't think he's done a good job. Like, I, I was just thinking about the deal. Like, I get it. Like, if it's ten or twenty dollars, but I forgot you guys have actually paid hundred dollars. Like, I'm just wondering why would you? Why, like, what was the reason you guys have actually went out to pay hundred dollars? Like, was there not, not an option to pay ten or twenty dollars for the month? Or? Well, what happened, well, Ahmed, my... is paying a ten dollars a month, and then COVID hit. At least in my case, I canceled, and then when I tried to re up, right. they started charging twenty dollars a month. And I was like, "Fuck that! I'm not paying twenty a month. I'll pay the one hundred. What about you, Dave? No, I was like, "Can you? Can you?" That was the same thing. That was the same reason. Month? No, they weren't giving that option anymore. Just for the one month. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You you can. It's not worth twenty dollars a month. That's the problem. I mean, twenty dollars a month. No, no, I'm dollars a year. I'm not paying that. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, just say if you wanted to just watch the Dylan White fight. Would you not be able to just pay $20 for one month and then cancel it? Because I would have personally done that. That was an option. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that we'd be seeing more fights down the line. Uh, all right, all right. Right. You know? Because yeah, that's a yeah. scam. Like, that's like a scam. If, if they're not showing fights... Uh, yeah. Uh, the thing is this, though. Eddie Hearn does deserve blame. Look, I don't really like the guy because if, if you're in Britain, a lot of boxing hardcore fans don't like it because... The deal he's got with Sky Sports, he's like he's kind of ruined British boxing in a way. We can't really watch many decent fights on Sky Sports unless they're pay per view. And you got to factor when people say he's only twenty pounds. I was doing the maths a couple of uh, years ago. In twenty eighteen, there was about thirteen or fourteen pay per views. They weren't all Sky pay per views, but if you add all those pay per views of just Sky, that's nearly one hundred fifty pounds or one hundred pounds. That's like almost two hundred dollars for about six something people views. I mean, look, I'll tell you how bad it's got the zone. I just logged into their website and Ak and Barack show came up. Uh, yeah. You don't believe? <laughs> yeah, I know who he's talking for. No, I'm serious. That's what came up. Yeah, I know. And I, 
I don't yeah. really see much in the way of, of fights on the horizon. You know, it's a whole lot of Ak and Barak and old fights from the Golden Boy catalog. Am I getting my money's worth? Right now, I'm not. Nah, not for 100 I, I wouldn't even say for 20 a month, for 100 If you're paying 100 a year, you expect good quality fights. Uh, I personally think I like the concept of the idea. I'd rather pay for something like The Zone and Sky Sports, but paying $100 mm-hmm. and you're not getting fights, uh, I, I think it's kind of going to turn into a rip-off. Because what they... I went off into believing that the schedule was going to get better, you know. I mean, because the fact that they haven't rolled out a schedule, which a lot of the promoters didn't do yet, you know. They didn't really, except for the exception of PBC and Showtime, they rolled out a huge schedule, right? But everybody else has kind of kept everything in the dark. Even with, like, Top Rank, you know, they're still, you know, it's monthly based what they're showing us, okay. I was hoping that the zone was going to come out with a big bang and say because – you know, you've seen that back and forth of Campbell, Luke Campbell and Ryan Garcia, you know, and the 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 the, the taunting of who Canelo's gonna face next. So I thought, okay, what they're gonna do is they're gonna get they've gotten everything in line and then they're gonna throw a big schedule after that that Povekian White fight, I thought for sure, okay, this was a good start of what they were showing, and that's why I bought into it. Because I held off. I was doing the $10, just like Outlaw, who still was grandfathered in at the $10. Um, but what happens is, what happened, when I canceled my subscription, Hamid, they kept charging me. And I wasn't having it. Yeah, I couldn't get across and all that. So I just finally caved in. And I mentioned that on the, on the, when I did cave in. I said, I caved in. I just paid the 100 bucks to get it done and over with. Excuse me. To get it done and over with so that we can move forward. Now... Yeah, we got suckered because now we're hearing what is going on with this zone not being happy with Eddie Hearn and Golden Boy because of the, what they haven't yeah. yet delivered. Well, check I this, guys. guys. I was... Wait a second, Ahmed. Check this. I'm on the zone's yeah. website right now, all right? Today's Monday. You log into their schedule. Monday says there are no currently uh, – sorry, there are currently no events in our schedule on this day. Fast forward to Tuesday. Uh, we've got uh, – it looks like cricket in the Akin Barak show. We go to Wednesday. Yeah. Some, you know, retrospect on, on, on MMA and more Akin Barak. Thursday, all they have scheduled, Akin Barak. Friday, Akin Barak, <laughs> uh, Bellator featuring Machida. What is he, like 45 now? And more, more cricket. Yeah. Saturday, uh, Breakus and McCaskill. Uh, they're going to show it again and more Bellator. Sunday, there are currently no events in our schedule on this day. That's what the zone is giving us right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing, the thing is, that's funny. Uh, there was Box Nation we had in the UK a couple of years ago. I think it launched in 2012, but from 2013 to about 2018, 17, it, it cost like mm. about 10, I think 10 or 12 pounds a month. Uh, and we used to get all the fights. We used to get all the mayor of the fights, pack your fights, no pay-per-view cost. And it was worth it. But after a while, they, they went through a fight. They just showed repeats. And a lot of people, I, I believe the last time I had it, or the last fight we saw was uh, Kovalev and Aldia Alvarez, the rematch. That was early 2019. A lot of people canceled their subscription, I think, midway 2018 to early 2019 because they stopped showing fights. They were just... Uh, 
I think losing out on fights, they weren't really showing anything. And after a while, people were wondering, like, is it really worth? Because if even though it's about twelve pounds a month, that's almost, I believe, over a hundred pounds a year if you have it for the twelve months. People start canceling with, with this the zone deal. I think that's not a good look if you're charging guys like deals of hundred dollars a year and. Uh, like if you're not offering um, the other deals, then it's, it's not a good look because at first they started off at ten dollars a month. They were saying it's gonna end pay-per-view model. I I don't believe that Edwin and uh, Goldenberg. I don't believe they really believe that was they, gonna happen. But now they it looks spoke, like they spoke they're talking about room people. Listen, they spoke out of terms. That's what they did. Everything that they how they started off, how they walked into the room, was they spoke out of terms. They spoke about things that they didn't even have anything prepared to do. You know, they rolled out a plan without even having a plan. And that's the biggest mistake that they did. Hamid, we got to get going, brother. Dude, Thanks for the call. Can I, I got to get to everybody else. Yeah. Can I just say before I go? Uh, yeah, I was just want to say before I drop off and uh, sorry for taking up too much time. Uh, you guys, you guys no, were no talking worries. about the schedule, but you, you know, last year they had, look, they had the World Boxing Super Series for the Light welterweight division, and they had it for the, I believe it was the, was it bantamweight or super bantamweight? Uh, bantamweight, yes, I knew you were. Right. You want to look at the fact that those type of fights won't be around uh, this year or next year. You got to look at the fights they got lined up. If Canelo don't fight Golovkin, I, I don't think there's many big fights out there because, look, Canelo's already fought Jacobs and Kovalev. Golovkin, they talk about fighting, is the mandatory Zeramata. I can't think of many big fights. The only thing I think that could move the needle is if Joshua fights Fury, but why if Fury is, uh, that might be a, some sort of co-promotion joint pay-per-view like between The Zone and ESPN, but the even that fight. fight's a long way off. I, I don't think there's much of a schedule yep. on The Zone coming up. I mean, I don't even know if no. they will fight this year, but I, I don't think they'll be, I don't think they'll be in boxing for the long term. I think they're in the short term. I personally think they should think about getting rid of either Eddie Hearn or Canelo or Golden Boy. I think they're overpaying too many of these guys. But thanks for taking my calls. I uh, appreciate that. I'll speak to you guys. Absolutely. Thank you, right, man. Thanks, um... Yeah, I, you know, I definitely, uh, I de- that's what I was saying. I definitely said that. I was saying I don't think, I don't think CS, see the zone uh, rolling out into the new year of 2021. I don't see it happening. Um, I think they're very disappointed, they're very upset with Eddie Hearn, and uh, again, I think this is a standoff here, uh, Emil, Emil Carr, and to our, our listeners and everybody in the chat room, I'm going to get to to Fernando right now here on Leave It Me, but this is to me is a standoff between the zone drawing the line and saying, hey, listen, Eddie, Eddie baby, you promised us the trilogy of Canelo and Gennady Golovkin. You told us this is the fight. This would draw a large amount of subscribers. We've done everything else from the YouTubers. We've done this. We've done that, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What's going on? Okay. You Nobody anticipated, though, the, the, the pandemic and the gate. Okay. That is something that's out the door. That's why Godnello's opponents can't get the money that Danny Jacobs got. Because they got to find it somewhere. You know, that means they got to cut into Canelo's purse or cut into Eddie and, 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 and Golden Boy. They got to give something up, which the zone's not going to do because they rolled out 
they rolled out the paycheck. I mean, the, the, the check, right? That's why I keep saying they got to get creative. They got to figure something out. Top rank, Lomachenko and Lopez figured it out. We're getting that fight. It's not going to wait, you know, uh, another year or two. They're going to fight, right? There was a picture thrown out by top rank of both men signing. Was it done easier because both guys were on the same promotional group? Yes. But Gennady Golovkin and Canelo, among all the other middleweights and super middleweights, are under that DAZN banner as well. This is something that they have to figure out, okay? And DAZN as a network is being a network. They're not HBO. Remember, HBO was acting like a promoter later down, later down the line. They behaved like a promoter. Then they, they saw the future. They said, we're out of here. Goodbye. Because they didn't need boxing fans. They were doing boxing fans a favor, if you remember that. Okay? They were subscription-based. People were tuning in more to watch the subscription shows that were being hosted by them. The zone needed something else. And what was promised by Eddie Hearn was he was going to bring the world of boxing to them. Hasn't delivered. It this is what is it true. is. You know, it's, it's like when I, before I, uh, I was working as a public school teacher, I did another job where I actually had like a corporate card. And, you know, you're working with other people's money. You go to nicer restaurants. You stay in nicer hotels. It's not your money. You're just spending it. It's kind of, it's kind of like that. I mean, he's, you know, boasted about this $1 billion that he was going to be giving out to fighters and that they better sign and et cetera, et cetera. And like I said, it just, it just is backfired in his face. Um, you know, well, here, look, let me read this off really quick here on the, uh, what's, what's being said in the chat room. Uh, Outlaw says, Eddie has no power to make the fight, Dave. Hamid said, Dave, the thing is, is Eddie is Golovkin's co-promoter. Eddie needs to make Eddie, Eddie needs to make the Callum Smith versus BJ or Andrade versus Jacob. Make some unifications and make Anello fights fights Triple G. Yes. Listen though, even though he's the promoter, doesn't necessarily mean he could force these guys because each one of these oh. ex fighters are asking for a particular amount of money. That's the problem. Remember, he opened his checkbook, guys, and he said, "I got a billion dollars to play with." His bluff has been called out here. There's no gate. So how does the zone make back the money that they dished out to give to Eddie to flash in front of these fighters? How do they make their money back? Eddie's got to have a gated guarantee that they can make their money back uh, into this investment, you know, uh, of something. They're not asking for the whole billion, but something back of whatever was given to them. So it's a bit little harder when there's no gate. And that's why we're seeing right now what is going on in, uh, with the zone and that roster of fighters of them not willing, willing to play with each other. Uh, in the ring because they need their prize fighters. They need that money. What are you going to say, Milkar? No, I mean, to me, the natural fight to make would have been Andrade versus Triple G. I mean, they're both same promoter, but both in the same weight class. Andrade has the WBO title for whatever that's worth. To me, that's like a natural a natural fight to make. I, You know, I, chasing Canelo was also a bad move. I mean... Canelo runs on his own time. Very bad. And as he should. He's a superstar. He can kind of do what he wants in that regard. And who's to say Eddie Hearn hasn't even tried? Because right now what I'm seeing is this zone is acting like that girlfriend that you promised her a princess cut ring, and you came back with something else here, Amilcar. And she's like, I'm not going to marry you. 
You promised me a Prince's Cut ring. That's what I want. So who's to say that Eddie didn't show up with the Callum Smith and B.J. Saunders fight and say, look, we can make this fight happen, or Andrade versus Danny Jacobs. We can make this fight happen. We could do all of this. And DeZone said no, because they obviously have turned down the opponents that they presented for DeZone for Canelo, and they said no. They said no. Are they acting like prima donnas? Probably because they were promised the Gennady Golovkin and Canelo. I think that's the major issue is that they haven't got the fight that they were, were persuaded to believing they were going to get originally on their network. Yeah. But honestly, the zone has a lot to blame for this too. I mean, there's, this is a billion dollar global entity. I mean, you think they would worry <laughs> yeah. about what they're doing, you know? Eddie's would, a salesman. You would think that they would understand that things don't roll out the way. You know what I mean? They, 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 you know what? I mean, I don't know how long the zone's been in the boxing business, but the truth of the matter is, is that sometimes fights are not, they don't necessarily go into, you know, hand in hand with the, with the scheduled, scheduled date. Things happen. Injuries. Look what happened with this COVID thing. Uh, fighters, you know, uh, uh, don't agree on, on gloves or the ring size or the judges. You know, or where the, the location. There's a lot of stuff that comes into play. I think that the zone right now, if they're not being presented fights by Eddie Hearn, I, I think they have every right to be upset. But if they are being presented fights by Eddie Hearn and Golden Boy, and they're not accepting it because they're they're you know they're having their tantrum of saying no, we want Canelo and Gennady Golovkin. I think that's where they're screwing up as a business entity. That's my opinion. I think. I think what the zone should have done with all due respect to Joe Markowski who's kind of running the show here in North America. I, I would have at least with boxing hired someone like Steve Kim or somebody knowledgeable about, you know, the, the ins and outs of the sport in the United States and paid them as an advisor. Because I, I can tell you one thing, if Steve Kim was advising them, he would have told them straight up like $14 million to Danny Jacobs is, is insane. And you're just really going to mess up your business moving forward. It is certainly drama, as always, in boxing, which we do love. We like to see the drama in the ring, but, man, just more and more we're starting to see drama outside of the ring. Hey, let's get to Fernando. I forgot about you, Fernando. Let me patch in Fernando here on Leaving the Ring. Um, what's going on, brother? Thanks for staying on hold, man, for a minute. Hey, uh, for a long no minute. How you doing, Dave? How you doing, Amuka? Great, great. Hold on, Nando. Don't worry about that kid. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Mucho gusto, como siempre. Um... I know, like, I, when I initially called in, man, I kind of wanted to start doing a, you know, complaint also, but, uh, like, I don't want to go down that route no more, man. I think you, you said, like, kind of everybody says a piece about, you know, the zone. I will say one thing about boxing, right? Like, like I know us as fans kind of live in our own little boxing bubble, right? But when it comes to TV rights fees, boxing doesn't get shit compared to those sports, you know? Uh, I, I remember mm. last year, uh, sure. Max broke it down last year. I think, I think top rank is like $90 million. PDC gets like a million, like around the same amount, ninety million dollars, and I think the zone had a budget of one hundred and fifty million dollars. But that's that's peanuts compared to just buying this one. Even the NHL, which probably doesn't get very very good ratings outside of like the actual teams they play in, they're getting two hundred million dollars a year just in their national contracts alone. You know, so so to be honest, I think Boston's still a really good deal. It's probably you know as much as the zone is complaining, they're actually getting a really good deal on a sport. 
they have a lot of fans, you know, internationally and here in the United States, you know. And uh, so I don't know. I really don't know what they were expecting. Were they expecting Canelo and Boxing to carry their entire network by themselves? You know, like, I, I don't understand how, how, how that was ever a good plan, you know. Like, I, maybe you guys can explain that to me. He's the only guy that, save, that can save boxing, though, Nato. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's man. Another, that's, you know, that's, no, another, that's another big complaint. That's another big complaint, Dave, right? That, that the Triple G fight hasn't been made with Canelo, right? That, that's, that's a big gripe for a lot of people online, you know, a lot of it's, uh, the Triple G fanboys and stuff, you know, which is basically 90% of Twitter. Uh, but he, Canelo signed his contract with his own, like, six months or at least five months before Triple D ever did. Triple D was shopping and services to everybody. And I know uh, uh, Bob Arum is on, is on record saying that his demands are outrageous. There's no way he's ever going to be worth what he was asking for, you know? And his own, they paid $100 well, I'll tell you, to Triple I'll, D. I'll tell you what, which is going to piss off a lot of Gennady Golovkin fans here, what I'm about to say, but Gatnello has actually been matched harder than, than Triple G since they've been with the zone. They've kind of catered to, to, to Gennady Golovkin because they want to keep him preserved for the Canelo fight, which, like myself, I'm okay if it never happens again. I think a lot of fight fans are done and over with because we saw him fight twice. I wouldn't mind a third match, but why, why is the zone kind of hanging on this cliff of, of, of wanting to see this? It's almost like I said, they drew the line with Eddie Hearn and Golden Boy by saying, if we don't get this, you're not getting any fight. No fight's going to be presented. And screw the people. This is a shitty way they're treating us fight fans. They really think about it. First, they wouldn't even respond back to us with the technical problems that they've been giving us. Even with the, 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 the Dylan White and Povekian fight, there was a lot of streaming problems. A lot of folks, including myself, were having streaming problems. It was freezing on us. And when people were asking, hey, what's going on, there was no response. When it came to Showtime, ask Showtime a question within a matter of minutes. They respond back. That's how you handle it. I, I've, I've got a really bad taste with the zone, and, and I don't know. David, I, well, I, don't, I obviously think Canelo's been matched harder. I mean, his two opponents were Steve Rose right. and Devin. So, but I actually also think Canelo was matched harder prior to the zone deal. I mean, you look through the names on Canelo's resume versus the names on Triple G's resume. I mean, it's a KO win for Canelo. Right. I forgot about uh, Dermanchenko. I take that back. I mean, that, is, that was a tough match, but it wasn't a match that he wanted, remember? I mean, when originally uh, Dermanchenko was supposed to get Gennady Golovkin on Cinco de Mayo, but they, they you know... Uh, he dropped the title. He dropped Tom, Tom Lomper and them. Right. The, he, I mean, he decided to go against go after Madurosian. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that was on HBO, I believe. It was his last fight on HBO, but you know, what is what has he had? He has had Rocky Fielding, which was a gimme, but then he's had Daniel Jacobs in a move up to one seventy five to fight Kobala. You know, I'm I'm sorry, but Steve Rolls, no one even heard of that guy before that fight. What about the next guy he's supposed to fight? Is there a meta? I've never heard of that guy. He's the third ranked Polish fighter in the world. Not, not the third excuse me, third ranked Polish fighter in Poland. Not the world. You know what I mean? Like that's crazy. It, it, yeah, yeah. I've I'm yeah. very much over the Triple G Canelo fight. I I wasn't even really for it in the beginning. So the fact that it's taken so no, long a lot to of us do it, yeah, you know, 
I think that's what you know what the show needs to do is listen to the fans. What was that? What was that? What is the long picture of Canelo? What is the long picture of Canelo? Fight Triple G four, five, six times? I mean, like, they're, they're complaining about uh, Calvin Smith and Billy Joe Saunders is not worthy worthy opponent. So I'm, I'm guessing he's supposed to fight Triple G well, three well, times. Well, I mean. And then move up to heavyweight. To be fair, to I mean. Is that hey, what they're expecting? But to, but, but, but to be fair, Canelo, Canelo and Gennady Golovkin are is the only fighters that can save the world of boxing. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? Can I, can I say something positive about boxing? Just like kind of like, kind of as a as a palate cleanser. Um, how excited are you guys about that uh, October seventeenth? Theofimo uh, Lopez against Roman Kessel card, man. Now they got it. Now they're putting uh, Alfredo on it. They're gonna have uh, Clay, Bubble, Bubble Boy Clay Collard on it. And I think they're gonna have a Berlang on it now too, man. It's gonna be one hell of a fucking uh, I'm a personally, uh, you know, I I wa- I'll obviously watch it, but am I excited for it? I'm not really excited for it. I mean, but I, you know, I I'm the guy that stays home on Saturday to watch Jamal Herring. You know. Mm. Well, sure. I, I respect your opinion on Milkar, but let me tell you something, man. Like, yeah. I, I, the only fight I've ever been to in Las Vegas. There's a Puelas Castillo fight, right? Like, I, I circled that on my calendar months ahead of time. I got my rings, I got my TV. So I knew that was going to be a great fight. And to be honest, if this fight was available to us, like, if we could go to it, I would find my way to this fight, too, man. This fight... You're talking about the same collared fight, Nando? No, he's on the undercard. I'm talking about Lomachenko versus Lopez. Collard's going to be on the undercard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. I'm super excited for that. I, I was talking about the Clay Collard fight. My mistake. My mind yeah, was another like, place. Yeah, yeah, I'm very yeah, excited. Top- I'm sorry about that, yeah. everybody. I'm very excited about that fight. That's the fight I'm most yeah, looking yeah. forward to. That, that's right. what I'm saying, Milko. That car well, is by top rank. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I heard. Have, yeah. I'm sorry. No worries. They're going to have Salcido yeah. fight on that card. They're going to have Berlango fighting on that card. And they're going to have Collins fighting on that card. Yeah, he's a fun watch, man. You know, like, basically, October 17th is going to be, like, hopefully they will pay some, some casuals, like Dave was talking about earlier, man. I'm probably going to get their ratings up, man. And I think that, that's a good way to do it right there, man. That card, man, is going to be, you know, something special, man. Like, something we haven't seen since uh, HBO was in its prime, you know? Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's how excited for that card, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. There you go. Absolutely. You know, but the, the only thing with the caller fight is that it's, I saw that it said that um, it's it's not going to be televised. Like, it's, a, it's you know, it, just in case. It's kind of a fill-in tele, televised fight. So if they get behind, then he'll be, that fight will be televised, depending. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't let's, see let's it hope. As being listed as his next fight on box rack. I don't know. We'll see. I think he's well, coming out for today on, on Twitter. Oh, yeah. 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 But, you know, like, like, you know, All right, Nando. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for picking my phone. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. All right, brother. Thanks for calling in, man. Thank you. But if you want to call in, certainly can. 347-215-7598. We're still on the air right here on Leaving in the Ring. Um, Ahmed asked a question. Any of you guys ordering the Charlo pay-per-view card? I am. I am. I don't know about yeah. you, uh, Emil Carr, but I definitely am going to order that card. I, I, I'm looking forward for that. For that. Banana Carlo. After the Lomachenko uh, fight, that's the mo- that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. 
Banana and Charlo, and there's no other way to watch it than over pay-per-view. So, yeah, I'm definitely buying it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I like, I like the, the, the two brothers. I mean, that's Dermachenko. Yeah. And then you got Rosario. I mean, that's, those are good fights, you know? So I'm definitely going to be ordering that fight. I, I, I'm looking forward to it, just like you. I'm looking, uh, you know, first is Lomachenko and Lopez. I'm looking, that's in October, but this month mm-hmm. on the 26th, on Showtime pay-per-view, you're going to get the Charlo Brothers. Why not? I'm excited about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. All right, guys, here on our final thoughts here on Leave the Ring before we get going. Going back with DeZone, De La Hoya, and Eddie Hearn. Um, like I said, I think at the moment right now, every network is not too happy about what's going on with boxing. But then again, like ESPN, as we saw, they, you know, they're trying their best, but I really don't think they give a shit about. You know, as soon as football and baseball comes back and, and NBA full-fledged, then we'll see. Do they really care about boxing? Because right now, if I remember correctly, ESPN really did it. They almost got out of the business of boxing, okay? Showtime came back with a strong, very strong, strong schedule. So if anything, if everybody ends up dropping uh, top rank, Hearn, Golden Boy, you might see the, the, the revamp of Showtime picking everybody up, and it's going back to Showtime, you know, um, since that HBO is done and over with boxing. They have showed no sign that they're going to come back into the boxing business. They don't look like, it doesn't look like they want to get back into the love seat with boxing. So I think the savior of boxing is going to be Showtime. If the zone decides to opt out and walk away from the USA boxing scene. So there's a big strong chance that everybody before that, that, that was calling for Showtime to die, predicting that Showtime was next after HBO you might be singing a different tune when it comes to them. It all depends on what they can figure out with Eddie Hearn and Golden Boy. They got to get creative. I'll say it again. They got to get creative like every other business company during this pre-pandemic of COVID-19. They've gotten creative to stay afloat and survive it. The zone basically hasn't showed any sign that they want to help out in making their, their part of the deal here in the U.S. to survive. It doesn't look like that. And Eddie Hearn and Golden Boy certainly haven't shown it that we have seen or heard. We've only been able to see what's been thrown at us in front of us reading in articles and what we're seeing on the schedule of the zone. Not much there to say there's been a fight to keep their part of the USA scene of boxing. Don't see it happening here. Uh, Amilcar, any last words coming from you? Yeah, absolutely. That day when we're having technical uh, issues, I wanted to just briefly say uh well not that i want to briefly say now how impressed i was with uh costa zeus uh, tim zu who apparently no longer likes to be referenced uh, with his father but i was just very impressed by the young man i thought that uh horn was going to give him a lot more trouble and he just bossed uh horn around the ring and i'm really looking forward to seeing more of tim zu I was a huge fan of his dad, as I know you were, uh, David. And I, yep. I see a bright future for this kid. So I, I'm, I'm all in now on the Tim Zhu uh, Express. I, I want him to be shown more on U.S. television, and hopefully we don't have to get up at 5 and at 6 to see him. 
I know. And, I, you know, I think the exposure that he received from ESPN was a great thing because uh, in a lot of ways, I mean, you know, uh, you, you got a son of a legend, and he did a great performance on, on, on Horn, Jeff Horn. You know, um, you read off of what he did. You know, there's an argument still. I mean, I still want to see what the kid can do, you know, because the argument still can be as well as Jeff Horn. Big deal. That's what you're going to hear from fight fans. Big deal. You know what I mean? You guys are kind of jumping up a little bit too high for this kid at this moment here on Milcar. But I like what he did because I didn't think he was strong enough to do that. But then again, no, didn't I, know a whole lot about him. You know, game was going to be the – he literally said he was going to ragdoll Tim Zoo, and Tim Zoo was like, uh-uh. I'm going to outbox you and out and, and ragdoll you. He did both. The yep. body shot, the jab, the right hand. And I love the style of his dad with kind of leaving that jab out there long and using it both as an offensive right. range and as a defensive mechanism when he's, when he's taking steps uh, to the side and backwards on defense. I, I, it was like watching his dad. I, I was very happy seeing that fight. So on that note, Dave. I was too. Uh, yep. Uh, great show as always. I look forward to speaking to all of you again. And um, I'll, let, I'll let you close us out. Well, again, guys, you know, we got a lot still to talk about coming up in these weeks here in September. A lot of matches. So definitely um, tune in for Monday, as always, at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time here on Leaving Ring. You can catch us on our Facebook page on Leaving Ring. We are live on there, as well as here on YouTube, uh, on our chat room. Please join us. If you want to call in, like always, on Monday, it's 347-215-798. Don't forget to subscribe. Please, guys, hit that that like button so that we're, we're on that rotation and it shows up on other boxing fans that are looking for content and looking for a place to have a voice and call in and talk some boxing here with us on Leaving the Ring. As always, enjoy your weekend. Don't drink or drive because you will spill your beer. You guys, take care. Thanks, Dave. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.